Um, no, Maddie. It's, no. At, it's at the it's at the, you know her opportune time to say no. I mean, if she doesn't like dip your finger in a cup of warm water when you're sleeping. And, you no, know. It's, it's a matter where he doesn't get to dip things. Uh, <laughs> I can't where I can't put my finger. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I guess we'll just agree that that's where the B block's going to start, right about there. Oh, good. <laughs> you know what? I, I was I talking about nat, uh, natty daddies. Yes, they, it did come up. Yeah, it was funny because I had a craving. Are you familiar with the natty daddy, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I've never indulged, but uh, I saw saw that there, that's a thing. <laughs> never indulged in a natty daddy. Yeah, on paper, a natty daddy is a terrific beer. Yeah, I was. You can buy. You can buy fifteen of them. Fifteen of them for twelve dollars and fifty eight cents. Which gotcha. is cheaper than cheaper than a twelve pack of most other beers. Less than a dollar a piece, folks. It okay. is eight percent alcohol, and it's a pounder, isn't it? Okay. Well, you can buy them as pounders, but the twelve pack that you buy is a twelve ounce. But eight percent alcohol, right? Yeah. That's I got so, buck. That's bang for your. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm a cheap son of a bitch, right? And when I want to get drunk, I want to do it cheap. Yeah. You know, and I'm not a. I'm not a. Beers. Here's the thing is I, I do this thing where I binge drink, right? <laughs> 8% by volume. What's that? I just looked them up because I was like, I've never actually seen one of these. I've heard of them many times. The first time, the first time I ever had one, they were, I really thought it was good. Like I really enjoyed it. Like it was good. I, I enjoyed drinking it. And I remember in the past where I have drank them and been perfectly happy with them. But I've, so I, I, I got back on my shit like I never left, picked up a, a 15 pack of, of Natty Daddies, right? But, but they don't like taste as good as I remember. <laughs> How about Did you that? Have the first one when you were drunk? No, I had the first one after I worked really hard. So you actually enjoyed it though? We, but here's the thing the first one, I had just helped my son move. Okay. I was helping him move, and that's the beer that he had in the fridge. That nobody, none of his old, college, none of his old college buddies from UPenn would drink it. Okay, let's let that, yeah, let, let that sink in. My son and his dumbass college friends refused to drink this, but it was cold and it was beer. You know what I mean? And it was so good, like it was so good. And then I've purchased them in the past, and I've had people tell me, like I've been hanging out with people, and like they they would bring Miller Light. I'm like, you don't need that. We're going to, you know, we're gonna take these natty daddies. We're going to take these. He's like, and you know, he'd have a couple of them. And I've had people say to me, he says, dude, I can't, I can't drink malt liquor all day. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, oh yeah. yeah. So technically is malt liquor. Yeah. Um, but so, but they were tasting like really bad. So I started mixing them with like soda or iced tea. Okay. You know, to kind of just improve the flavor a little bit. You can but go then, orange juice and make a brass monkey. But then, the problem with that is it kind of cuts the alcohol content. Yeah. Right. So what you do is you drink, sugar. you drink it with a straw. <laughs> and I'm, I'm completing my last one. I had, I left one for the show so I wouldn't get too, too drunk. Cause there have been shows where I've been drinking and <laughs> it's gone completely off the rails. That's <laughs> um, because you didn't, are, you didn't have what what I've got on the screen right now is your natty daddy Crocs. No, no, I wear Crocs, but I would not wear those. Pay that right. Those aren't even real Crocs. They don't even look real. No, they're they're a, they're a cheap 
I, facsimile of. More concerned about those socks. It looks like burnt skin. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's a it's a weird choice for tie dye. Yeah. What uh, is this called? What was that website called? Was that Matthew today? The fuck was that? Actually, actually it was. <laughs> That's even funnier. I didn't notice that. Because <laughs> I thought it was. I, I should be man. I thought. So I'm gonna see if we can get a sponsorship from that or that. It's all right if you mix it with soda. <laughs> I, so I, I was like, well, it's malt liquor, right? You mix liquor with soda. I, like I it said, it makes you, sense in my head. A splash of orange juice, you, you've got yourself a brass monkey and you're in a good place. I swear, brass monkey and I rock well. Brass monkey, that mm, mm, funky monkey. Mm. Anyway, we're here with Mr. Chris Knee, again, a philanthropist, stand up comedian, and a new Amazon author. Uh, you can go get his book. Boy meets anxiety. Um, tell us a little bit. Now we got into a little bit, you know, earlier about what kind of got you into the, the writing of the book. Yeah. Now, did did you find that, you know, you were writing to a wide audience, or or like how would you describe what you what your thought process was as you were? I described my writing. I attacked it like the same way that I attack my comedy. Like when you see my shows or come to my shows, it's kind of like we're just sitting down at a bar, having a couple beers and having a conversation. And that's how I wanted to write the book. Um, I wanted it to just be like, we're sitting down having a conversation, just talking about real life stuff. Um, so like there is comedy in it, um, of course, uh, cause you just don't want a whole book just of a sob story to make people even more depressed. Um, so uh, I put comedy into it in my writing and um, yeah, I just, that's how I just, I attacked it. I wanted it to be an easy read for everybody. The main audience that I'm focusing for is like high school and college kids, but also this is like literally for anybody. I had people contacting me who were in their fifties, sixties, whatever, and they're reading it and they're saying how relatable it is and how good it was. Like, it's just a read for anybody. And that's how I attacked the writing process. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want anybody to be able to read this book. It's not for anybody in particular. So have you ever thought about putting out like the audio book version of that? So it's funny. I had people talk to me about that. Um, it's definitely a consideration. I wanted to see how good book sales and everything did first. Um, and, uh, but my, I don't like my voice. Like I, like even like watching like my comedy clips and stuff like that. Like I don't like watching myself do stuff. Um, so, but my friends like, if you do an audio, you have to do it. Like nobody else can do it. Cause this is your story. I'm like, yeah, but I don't like my voice. <laughs> and they're like, well, there, I got, I got some nice news for you. Uh, our, the Reverend and professor, our executive producer, Michael Torres sells his voice. There we go. I do. He's a voice actor. And, uh, if you wanted, you know, the, him or the media Hi. virus or to I'm Mike you, and I want to make audio books with you. If you have a book that needs a voice, Michael D. Pico is the voice that your book needs. Authoritative yet pleasant, smooth and consistent, Michael's voice is perfect to read your book for all to hear. Book Michael at 302-46-VOICE. So, so we know a guy. So if, yeah, we, like, we got somebody in your back pocket. If you decide to go that way, and if you, you know, if you go with somebody yeah. else, you know. I mean, realistically, if I do go the route, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely... Not uh, not out of the question. No, and it's tough to get used to the sound of your. I mean, not for Mike. Mike fell in love with the sound of his own voice at like eighteen. I mean, if I had his voice, I, I would love it too. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, once I realized what I had, it's it's tough to to not like it. Right. I've been told I have a good voice, yep. and, and then I felt that way until I met Mike. 
and you just make you feel horrible about yourself. Yeah, now I'm just like, oh, Christ. which which is is funny because I there I I meet people from time to time and I'm like, wow, you hear the pipes on that guy? I'm like, have you heard yourself? <laughs> Do you listen when you talk? I think it's it's an appreciation too. Yeah, it definitely it's like is. Like a macho man voice, like you just you have a very distinct voice. But um, so I'm going to jump in with a question since since you're skipping. Yeah, real <laughs> Um So as a writer, um, are you are you often mistaken as a for a, for a lesbian that writes children's television shows, or is that a, is that a big thing that happens for you? Yeah, all Cause, the time. Because in it's looking so, for your stuff, you're not the only Chris Knee out there. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a lesbian Disney writer called, and she's like famous for Doc McStuffins or something like that. That's exactly um, right. Super famous. So, funny story about that. My wife's best friend, um, when we start dating a couple years, like years ago, uh, her friend Googled me because she's like, oh, he's a comedian, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and literally, if you put in Chris Knee, all of her stuff comes up. Yep. If you put Chris Knee comedy, then all my stuff comes up. So her friend came out and she's like, do you know that you're dating a lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> but he's really famous. He's got to have money. I actually, I wrote a bit about that. It was like one of my first shows back from COVID. I was like, yeah, COVID was crazy times. I was like, I found out I'm a lesbian Disney writer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy. Have, have you ever, like, do you plan on expanding on the book like writing more like you said there's all depends on i mean it doesn't depend on sales it depends on how you feel about it, like writing more books, um, advice yeah when the inspiration comes i mean i don't have um because i work so goddamn hard on this book so like right now i don't have like any other ideas of like another book at the moment but it's definitely not off the table at all because um i'm getting really good feedback from my book um sales are going um so it's it's definitely not off the table and i love it i mean i'm a writer in general so i mean it's like it's crazy people are sending me pictures because it just got released on uh sunday so people are like starting to get their physical copies this week so mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy like seeing the physical like people with my physical copy of my yeah. book it's surreal it's, it's awesome now is that like a print on demand or does amazon have the yeah, so that's the that's the best thing. That's why I went with Amazon. Um, it has the Kindle version where you can just purchase it and then you could read it immediately off your Kindle. But um, there's soft copy and hardcover. So whatever your preference is for a book and it's just print to order. So if you order five of them, they'll print five out and send it out to you. That way I went into it because I was like, I'm not going to go with the publisher and buy like 500 books up front and be in the hole. Like that just right, yeah. Then yeah. you've got to drag that box around with you when you're doing your comedy and try yeah. to sell them out of your trunk. It, it's exactly. Do you so have any physical like, copies to do that though? So it so with Amazon, I have like an author price, so they would only charge me for print. They don't charge me for like that's dope as shit though. That's still good. At least yeah. you don't have to fucking pay a full price and then you're exactly. Yeah, so I you got to have that shit right. Like you got to yeah, have the merch tape. Yeah, I can literally print a book out for three dollars. That's dope. Yeah. So funny story real quick. A friend of mine wrote a book of poetry. Okay. And bought like whatever, how many books sold them to friends, family, whatever. You know. Come to find out somebody, she sold a, a bunch of books to put them on Amazon and sold them and was selling. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, she had identified yeah. this on Facebook. 
<laughs> Somebody was like, um, that's fantastic. Your, book, your, that's your, your book's on, your book's on Amazon. Now somebody's trying to sell and it says like, you know, so many, a couple people have bought it and there's so, you know, I forget how many she said at a reveal, like eight or nine. It wasn't very many. That's amazing. But <laughs> so don't, don't, don't let that happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> or at least like, you know, find a way to make sure that you get your piece of it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So tell us a little bit more about uh, Healing Hats and Toys. We went into it a little bit earlier uh, in the last block, but uh, yeah, what is uh, it that, so what's the mission, so to speak? So the mission was just to um, help kids with cancer and other life-threatening illnesses. Um, so especially around Christmas time and being in the hospital by yourself and, you know, not feeling good. And we, it was just like our way of giving back to places that helped me when I was a kid. Um, and it, it's priceless. We will literally spend thousands of dollars on toys and hats and bring them to, um, like I said, we were going to Children's and St. Edmund's Home for Children, St. Christopher's. Um, we were doing home visits to family members and things like that. Um, one year, we actually got some flyers, players to come out with us, and they're signing autographs for kids. Um, and it's just it's just awesome because, you know, in the hospital – it sucks. It's, it's like literally the worst. So if we could go in there with like a bunch of toys and literally make their day, mm -hmm. I mean, like even just something as like simple as like a pillow, like we had like Disney pillows or like superhero pillows and stuff like that. Kids would take the pillows off their bed and throw it on the floor and then put like oh, yeah. the pillow pillows in the hospital suck. Yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, so we, we started doing, we called it healing hats and toys. Cause when I was, uh, when I had cancer, and I had chemo and I lost all my hair. I was super insecure. And I talk about that in the book. And uh, I always wear a hat, like literally 24-7. I still wear a hat, like literally all the time. Now, because I'm just bald because I'm old. But <laughs> but uh, so that was my thing. I was like, we'll get hats for kids. So if they have bald heads or they're losing their hair through chemo, then they'll have something cool to wear. Sure. And then um, the toys as well. So, um, yeah. And, and kids yeah. charities, they're, they're a big plus. And A, it's it's a little easier to get traction. Uh, people are, yeah. people are always willing to throw money that, that way. And, uh, you know, you, you get to feel good all the way around doing something good for people. Um, yeah, my sister, my sister works at the children's hospital down here and, okay. uh, it, it doesn't take much. All you have to do is just do something nice. The, like she was telling me the, the, one of the guys on the window washing crew there would always wave at the kids when he washed the yeah. windows. Well, he got this idea, like, in in COVID, like they couldn't have his have the visitors, so through COVID, this guy got got this idea. He pulled some money with coworkers. They all went out and bought costumes and dressed as superheroes to wash the windows. That's amazing. And it got it like it got. They were going to do it once, but it got to be like a regular thing. Everybody held onto their costume, and when they went back, they they would suit up. And when they do the windows, yeah. they do it in costumes so that the kids can, you know, it, it's that. It's that one extra little thing. It's it, just that little thing yep. that makes everything better. So, um, and that's the thing too, that which like COVID just completely ruined it. Like we, we had no access to kids. If we were dropping toys off, like to houses, mm -hmm. we literally had to leave it on the step and run away. And the reason that me and my brother started it was because the interaction with the kids, that's what we've yeah. That's what we're doing it. And to have that stripped from us and then, you know, you couldn't have gatherings for like two years, so we couldn't mm -hmm. do our benefits or anything like that. So we're kind of in the rebuilding stage right now, trying to get our uh, feedback on the ground with that. Uh, but 
yeah, but it, it's we we've been doing it like ten years, so wow. it, we we've had a a very very good run. So, and the cool thing I incorporated stand up with it too. I did charity shows called Laughter's okay. Best Medicine, and all the proceeds, ticket proceeds, and T-shirt sales, yep. and all that stuff literally just went to donations for the kids. So that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, is that something that you do yearly, or that, you know? I, I was doing it yearly. Um, so recently I put, uh, I was probably a couple <laughs> months ago because when you could actually start performing again, performing again and doing shows, um, I actually did a show um, for suicide awareness. So um, all the 100% of the ticket proceeds uh, went to there and I raised like 3K. So I just donated a check to the, um, to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So. That's yeah. very noble. Mm-hmm. Um, so your stand-up special, was that, I guess that was filmed before COVID or after? After. So it was actually, I had all the eggs in the basket to film it before COVID, but then everything literally just got screwed up. Like, cause like two I, years I, to rehearse. I was pre-selling tickets and I sold a shit ton of pre-sale tickets and i had to refund all of them mm. because the venue was like dude sorry like we yeah. can't we can't do it so i actually filmed that back in september um and i it was like because even covid messed my stand-up too like before covid man i was i got passed in atlantic city so i was playing atlantic city comedy club i was playing philly comedy club punchline comedy club mm-hmm. like i was playing all these clubs and my like i was going up and then COVID happened and then you literally, I refuse to do Zoom comedy shows. I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. just try to say jokes in front of a, a computer and like try to make people laugh on the other end. And they had masks anyway, so you couldn't even like see if they were laughing or not. But they have masks on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> it's how fucking stupid we got doing this fucking bullshit. Um, people had then, masks in their fucking house on a computer. Like it was going to come through the fucking screen. Yeah. I still, I still, to this day, see people driving around with masks by themselves in their car. Yep. They're out there. Yeah. And like, even when comedy was starting to get back, clubs were cut in half. Comedians had to wear masks literally. And they couldn't, we couldn't be in the green room. Like we had to be social distancing. Mm -hmm. And then you could only take your mask off when you went up on stage. And then when you left the stage, you had to put the mask back on. Um, I actually, I actually installed plexiglass panels in a, in a bar Yeah. so that the yeah. performers could, you know, there was a, there was a barrier. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy. So my standup special, I was like, that was like my first big thing from COVID because now that COVID is over, clubs got backed up. So all the national headliners and people that they had booked up, they're going to get, they're getting gigs way before mm-hmm. you. So the gigs that you had, it's like, nah, dude, you're not famous. So. <laughs> yeah, we got a whole back a two-year backlog of, of people. Yeah, money. so that's that's why I did the special, and the special was completely 100% independent and fully funded by me. Like I, um, I had buddies who worked there at the video content factory down in Manion. Um, I don't know if you watched any of like the actual special, man. It literally looks like a Netflix special. It does. No, I watched. I watched the whole. I, 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 I grabbed that off your YouTube. Okay. And yeah. I was like, looking, I watched it earlier. And, yeah, uh, yeah, we've all we've all seen it. It's very funny. You go check it out. Uh, take your pants off and stay a while. 
Yeah, it's on uh, my uh, my comedy channel, Blacked Out Productions. Um, right, so that's your channel, Blacked Out Productions. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at your I was looking at your personal channel. Yeah, so I have that channel, and then I have my personal channel. Um, I use I don't really post on my personal channel. I usually when we're trying to build up the Blacked Out Productions channel. Um, it's my one buddy Nick. Uh, he actually he went to film school at Temple, and his director. Hey, you guys ready for your next comment? What do you think? Stop it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, we start this, and you know, we write we write comedy sketches and stuff like that. You guys, if you're like into wrestling and stuff like that, we got some pretty cool uh, sketches called uh, "Wrestling Is Fake," and uh, we actually the second one we filmed in a wrestling ring in New Jersey. It was actually insane. Um, we we had no business being in a wrestling <laughs> ring. But um, yeah, so that was just a side, a side channel, side hustle when COVID was going on. And uh, so that's why I put my special on there for free. We had come up with this bit because staff writer Bill found this company that sells these, they're, they're huge, I mean huge, foam rubber penises <laughs> on, on sticks. So in each, and there was like seven or eight of them. And they were all, there was the, the black one was called the Anaconda. Oh yeah. The rainbow one was called the unicorn. Of course. Um the Hulk was a big green one, right? So we thought it would be funny if we if we got these. See, well, the part, problem with the the skit is it requires spending money yeah. on yeah. penises and yeah. buying them all. And then we're all take on the like the costume of the penis and have huge battle royales in the backyard. Also, we're all aged men. <laughs> with these, we're not willing to hit, hit big rubber other. dicks on a stick. <laughs> yeah, you got to figure out what poor bastard's going to go on the Spencers and grab all of them for your bit. <laughs> right, exactly. And and yeah. we also have to like put some effort into it and swinging things and getting hit. It's still not, you know. Yeah, you that's like what we, that's what we did on the channel. We'll do like bits that are just me and him, or that don't cost any money at all. But then like the bigger ones that we did. Um, you know, you had to put money in for like props and stuff like that. Um, but it's the grind. It is what it is. It is what it is. Once we start generating a budget, we're going to have some quality entertainment. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right now. If you think yeah. we're funny, poor, send us some money. <laughs> <laughs> we'll really show you some shit. <laughs> that's the commercial right there. We should go that at the beginning of every show. <laughs> um, all right. So where were we? What was I talking about? We were talking about your stand-up special, and we we're talking yeah. about COVID. And uh, I mean, are you you playing anywhere recently? You got any you got any shows coming up? So um, yeah, so recently I've been um, I've literally been so crazy with this book. Um, and uh, but there's a, always a method to my madness. Uh, this book for the fall of 2024, I'm going to do like a comedy show, motivational speaking kind of thing at like high schools and colleges. So. Um, it's going to be like comedy show and then, you know, like motivational speaking. So that's what this book is going to lead up to. Um, that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to do the book is to step into that motivational speaking vibe. And I still have that stand up background from doing that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to incorporate literally a stand up comedy show and kind of doing the motivational speaking as well. So um, and it'll hit with high school and college kids. It's, you know, it's going to be my comedy and then it's just going to be, you know, talking about the book. So. I think that, dude, let me tell you something. I think that could be a really niche career for you. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we, uh, we interviewed a dude. What the fuck was his name? His podcast is called Motivational Firewood. Yes. Okay. Steve Winson? 
Anyway, sounds about right. Uh, and he does he does like a podcast, uh, but he does he does speaking tours and shit like that. But he does a and his podcast sometimes they're like ten minutes, yeah, five minutes. Sometimes they're twenty minutes if he's got an interview. But he'll just come on with like and he, he you know the point is motivational firewood. You got to keep throwing fuel into it, yeah, type of thing. And I think it's a you know it's a fantastic fantastic analogy. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's still going to be uh, uh, comedy gigs going up. I'm in contact with managers and club owners and shit like that too. It's just trying to get all the the eggs fall into the basket because all this stuff is literally still right now backed up from. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's definitely going to be more comedy shows. Uh, so they'll be posted on my social medias when I get it, but I just been so book book busy with all this stuff and mm-hmm. it's, it's been a lot. Um, but I do have, um, I'm going to have a book signing event coming up um, in October. So I'm going to be posting that as well. You've been practicing uh, your signature for that. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> funny enough, like sometimes with shows, like I, I, people do ask me to sign, like I have, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the one bit, I, I do like a lot of middle fingers and stuff like that. So I actually have stickers of me with the middle finger oh, nice. and you know, my social media is on it. So people ask me to sign those after shows and stuff like that. So I was, I was in a band, I think back in 2000, between 2008 and 2010, we were called the wake up call. Okay. And our logo was literally the middle finger, and in the middle of it, it said, "It's punk, you dick." <laughs> that was it. Then we and we were really good, but we, like I think the name was terrible. <laughs> Wake up call! It's such a stupid name. That's uh, like, that's like it's just kind of that's one of the crazy things about this crazy career of comedy is because like before COVID, I was I literally featured at Atlantic City Comedy Club, and then like taking pictures and signing stuff after, mm-hmm. it and then back to your regular life on yeah. Monday. like unless you're like super blown up and you know a full-time yeah. uh you know national headliner like Chappelle or someone uh it, it's it's crazy it's really wild <laughs> steve gamlin was the dude i was talking gamlin about. that was his name yeah, yeah steve gamlin i had to look that up because it was driving me driving me up a wall but um you know that's a that's a great gig to get into and you know um if you want to get yourself like onto more podcasts there's a service out there called Podmatch. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Stanford or Bill. Stanford or Bill came into me one day and he's like, dude, you should check out Podmatch. It's like Tinder for podcasts. And I was like, anything, I've, this is what I've learned. When it comes to shit like that, if, Steve, if he comes in and tells you to do it, you just do it. Yeah. I signed up and now my fee for being a host was a little bit less than the fee for being a guest. But we got a lot of motivational yeah. speakers, comedians, that type of, you know, those type, those types of people that come on and they're always fun interviews and they always, you know, they always, there was that, that other numbers when they show up, there was that other guy that was, that was really fun to talk to the, the guy who, who, uh, had never had a job. <laughs> I should know. I should know his fucking name. Yeah. I, I can't think of it either. I, I, I can remember him. Tom, say, Tom Antian, Tom Antian. I I literally asked him how he pronounces his name. He told me. I immediately forgot. It's pronounced it every different way since. I think it's Antion. <laughs> if you look it up, it's A N T I O N. Tom Antion. He's. I actually put out. I cut out his live interview and put mm-hmm. the video on YouTube. Yeah, yeah he, check that out. he was fun to be with. Um, like but, I stare at that guy for five fucking hours after doing a, a two-hour interview with him <laughs> because of the, all the you know the cutting and shit, like all the video work that i had to do yeah um 
but I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of dudes out there who, that that's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is it's not a flooded market. Yeah. You know, there's still, I think there, and I, I think, you know, for your, for your type of, I just want to say your heart, man. I think that's what you need to, like, you're, you're never going to turn into like, like a Dave Chappelle or, a, a, you know, uh, Anthony Jeselnik. Like, you're not going to, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the inspirational stuff's going to, seems to me would do, do you well. Uh, but I don't fucking know anything, you know, I'm, I'm unemployed. So if that tells you. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. No. Yeah. Yeah. We're unemployed and we do a podcast that costs us money. It's fantastic. <laughs> Dude, Zoom has been literally trying to charge my card all day. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be like a lot of, uh, probably like the next month or so, there's going to be a lot of press coming out. So, um, um are we your first? Yeah. Uh, second podcast, but you're still number two, though. Um, hey, man, you know we're early on. We're early <laughs> hey. on the press junket. I mean, I was going to. We've been no, like, we've been number two since we started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's good practice, right? I mean, if nothing else for you, it's good practice to come on and hold your own on. You know, have a conversation about everything you want to talk to. Yeah. Polish you up for the next time, just like comedy. You got to keep polishing. Yeah. You know, got to keep polishing the turd. I mean, yeah. polishing the. Oh, shit, yeah, that's a, like earlier when they're like, "Oh, sometimes when you write a bin that doesn't work and you just can it because it didn't work for that crowd." It's like it might not work for that crowd, but if you go to a yeah. different venue, that'll crush. So, yeah, and if you're like for me, I think I'd be one of those comics that would uh, really have find that niche audience. Mm. I don't remember if you if you remember the conversation I had, with, you know, on the Fuster Clock, but I'm not going to tell the joke. But I asked you if I could do a stand-up bit. I asked you and Bob if I could do a stand-up bit. And I said, and I was joking at this point. I wanted to do the stand-up bit, but then I was like, I'd only tell one joke. And then I told the joke, and you both looked at me in fucking horror. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and never, like, I never heard anything after that. So oh, I guess I fucked that up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, man, I don't know. That was so long ago. <laughs> oh, I know. That's better. I was just, that's, 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 that's the, hilarious though. That's the, like when I asked you, I'm like, he's not, I, I asked you to come on and he's like, oh, he's not. Oh, he's coming here. Oh, he remembers me. Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I've, I've got an interesting question because, um, I, I drive for Uber when I'm, uh, not doing this right now. Um, so I've noticed and I've, I've, I've picked up and dropped off at, at a couple of events. There's a there's a website called Don't Tell Comedy, and they they seem to be popping up in in, yeah. in some cities. Uh, and I've I've noticed they're popping up like between DC and New York right now. And uh, there's there's a handful of things that are going on in, in our markets. Are you are you aware of any of that? The, the the idea is they they set these shows up. They they bring in. Yeah, I um. I had a couple um, comics that I know who did them. It's like, dude, I don't know. It's crazy. They'll like the way that they do it is they'll pick a venue and then they won't tell you the venue right until, like hours before the show. It, but the shows fill up. Yeah, it's nuts. Like, and the it's a wild way of marketing because some people were like, "Hey, I got a show in two months," and like nobody shows up, and you're marketing the hell out. Of yeah, but right, when you give them the that. fucking name and address, I was in bands for years. Years and years, I was in 15, over 15 years, I was in punk bands. And yeah. 
selling tickets, telling promoting shows. It's the worst fucking thing. And the people, and it's just like podcasting, the people around you are not going to support you. No. Just not. No. You've got to get your ass to the people that have no fucking clue who you are and appeal to them in some, yep. you know, in some way. Well, yeah. the the way that this don't tell comedy works is they they set the shows up and and some of the performers are are, you know, nationally known acts. They they book the acts and they use a venue that may not necessarily be a regular venue. Yeah, they did um I know they do soup in Philly they did suplex sneakers. It's literally a sneaker shop yep. and they turned it they turned it into a comedy yep. show. Yep. Uh, there's been a couple of places around here one of them was was a, was a shop like that where they went in, and the other one was was literally an office that I, I guess they had a had a, a presentation space, and so they they worked that out. But like they, you buy the ticket, and they say, okay, you're confirmed for Friday night at at, at seven. And you're like where? <laughs> and then Friday morning, you get an email to tell you where to be. Yeah, it, yeah, it's nuts. Um, yeah, it, um, it's, it's crazy. It's honestly crazy. Cause, but um, and they're well attended. They're well attended. I, 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 I was, I was, so my crazy. mind was blown for something that I hadn't heard of. And then well, let me ask you boom, this. all of a sudden it's this, this do we well know who's event. playing these shows? No, that's the other, you, you know, nothing. You just buy the tickets and you know, it's going to be in Wilmington or in Newark or in Philly. And, and then usually the only people who are posting are next in lines, like Instagram page. So they're not mm -hmm. giving anything away. Right. So it's crazy. They're just like, Hey, our, our show is going to be this date, but they literally don't tell you anything until maybe like yep. hours before it. It's, it's wild. That's a fantastic idea. It, it's yeah. it, one it's, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're going to find those really true fans of comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to go out and fucking laugh. Yeah. Right. And then th there's not enough time to organize a protest. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's there's not enough time for people to come out and start shitting on the venue and things like that. So if you've, you know, you might get a, you know, not Dave Chappelle, but somebody to that, you know, somebody who, who is a, a, a more honest comic you know yeah. what I mean? and come out and do a fucking killer set that would have been fine five years ago and hilarious is now, you know, uh, right-wing propaganda or, you know, some other fucking horrible off. It's wild though, man. Even like comedy is just like getting crazy. It's like people, I don't understand why people go to comedy shows and they don't enjoy a comedy show. Yeah. Like you're, people get offended or they'll leave or stuff like, it's just absolutely insane how they just try to like cancel comedians out. It's like you literally paid money to see people make fun of everything. Yeah. How, how do you feel about heckling? I think they're idiots if they do it. Uh, well, it obviously it depends on how long you've been doing comedy. Like, I guess if you're an open micer, like you've only you haven't been doing it long, you'll shake them up and you know they'll get under their skin. But if you like go to somebody who's been doing it, I, I think you're an idiot. Well, dude, not, I, I mean, I know I know a couple of comedians like you know that aren't you know huge huge names that just they pr almost pray for it. They want yeah. it. They want somebody to that's start, start like, fucking you're, with them because yeah, you, you don't. You got twenty minutes. You might have fifteen minutes to set. You're just hoping for somebody to fuck with you so you can lay, lay into them. You know. Yeah, I was. Um, 
I was doing a show. This is my favorite heckler story. I was doing a show one time. Um, it was at like fun, some like fucking bar. Um, and this one drunk dude literally just kept talking throughout the entire time. And he kept like saying, oh, you're not funny, blah, blah, blah. I made him get up on stage. I was like, oh, you think it's so easy? Why don't you come there up? You go. And dude came up. I sat down. I ordered a beer and I was drinking a beer and watching him. And the dude was like, hammer drunk it was like slurring he couldn't even say anything and everyone started booing him and then i'm like yeah that's right get off the stage asshole i was i was a wedding dj years ago and well yeah mobile dj had a did a bar one night and this guy came up and he was just ragging and ragging i said okay if, if i'm playing such shit music i'll tell you what here you go i handed him my mic yeah i put my i put my wireless in my pocket i said i'm gonna go over there i'm gonna order a drink and you're up right after this song so don't miss yeah. And yeah. after a few seconds of silence, it was, sorry. <laughs> yeah, back, in, back in the days when, you know, the band, the media virus, we'd play, we had a lot of friends that, you know, other bands that were friends. And there was a band called Hippopotamus. They were a ska band. And they wrote a song called, You Guys Suck. You guys suck it off the stage is actually the, the entire, you know, name of the song. And when somebody would yell, you guys suck, they would go, a request and play. <laughs> you guys suck. Get off the stage. And uh, it was a terrible song. So <laughs> they yeah. got what they asked for. But yeah, um, you know, it's just always, always interested in how people like handle that. It's you know, fine. I mean, some expected. people live. Some stand-ups literally just do straight-up crowd work. So yeah. when they get up, they're just like, they start the show and they could do like a clean 20, literally just messing with the crowd. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't understand why people go to pay for a comedy show and they don't laugh and then also pay for a comedy show and then try to heckle and be funnier than the comedian who's getting paid. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. I think there's a sense of entitlement because they paid. Yeah. You know, I paid money to be here. I can act however the fuck I want. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's, but it's, they don't understand, you know, what they're, what they're paying for. And you just ruin it for everyone else too, because there's some people who literally are like, I think there are people that, that are, that's their motivation is to ruin yeah. it for everybody else. Yeah. That's, they want to fuck up you. They want to fuck up your, your set and they want to fuck up their night. Yeah. Like, that's their, it's you know, I don't know, but hecklers literally like nine times out of ten will never get will never get over on a comedian. So it's just I mean I would have I tell you yeah. what, I um a couple of years ago, my uh, friend of mine had a pizza shop, like an Italian restaurant. Okay. He had a comedy night where he had these local comedians and nobody, nobody thought to put in any kind of like stage riser oh, no. or have a microphone. Or have them so these dudes were standing in the middle of just an Italian restaurant shouting oh, jokes, telling no. jokes loudly <laughs> with no mic or anything, with no mic or anything. Oh no, and like I'm trying to remember this woman that was wow. with us because my wife struck her several times and told her to shut the fuck up. <laughs> But this dumb bitch with us is fucking heckling these people. And it's like, all right, Karen, you're fucking louder. We can tell. Your husband can hear you from fucking, you know, 10 miles away. Can you please shut the fuck up? Shut up. <laughs> I felt so bad for I just, 
And one dude was really funny, except for I don't if he didn't have kids, I don't think he would have had any material. Yeah. Just jokes. That's I don't think I'd be able to do that, man. I'm not I'm not gonna just go into the center row floor and just talk and tell jokes. Now I, I pick and choose the shows that like I want to do, and then it's like I'm a very impatient person. So if I'm not getting anything, I literally create my own show and I put it on somewhere. Yeah. Get it going. I mean, that's the you know I'm a big fan of if you don't have work, make your own work. So yeah. that's how you know that's how punk rock worked. You had to go. Sometimes you had to rent the venue. Yeah. Sometimes you lost all your you lost your deposit. Yeah, they get anyone. Yeah. And you made and you made nothing. Yeah. And and that's it, it sucks when that happens, but sometimes it pays off. Yeah. It really, it, it depends on so many different factors. Yeah, for sure. Still, you know, it's still still rough out there. But the nice thing is, is that I think the writers and the actors are still on strike, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if people are craving new content, you know, you can always you know, turn to uh, blackout productions for their comedy. Yeah. yeah. Their comedy and their, uh, you can always turn to the media virus podcast, but uh, if you hear this, you probably have. So it's pointless, there you to, go. pointless to mention that. Or you have a presence on, uh, I didn't look, I, I looked, you know, for stuff to talk about, but I didn't check out like all your socials. You have like TikTok, Instagram. Yeah. Um, so uh, TikTok and Twitter is Chris Nee comedy. And then um, Instagram is CFJN2504. Um, I don't know why I didn't just make that Chris Nee comedy like all my other socials, but that. <laughs> you could probably change it, like if you wanted to. Yeah, I could probably change it, but I don't uh, think it's. It just, it, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. And then uh, Facebook, Chris Nee, YouTube, Blacked Out Productions. And then uh, I have a Facebook page for my book, It's Boy Meets Anxiety. Um, and I have a, a Gmail account set up for my um, for my book. It's boy meets anxiety book at gmail.com. So if there's any inquiries about the book or anything, that's where like I'm asking people if like they want to do any press or anything to send it um, to that email because I get so much junk mail and all my personal emails. It's it's too much. Yep. We can throw up we, we could throw up that link on the mediavirus.com. So if you forget all the yeah. stuff that he just said. Go to the mediavirus.com. Well, you know, you'll be able to find it somewhere, I'm sure. I don't, I don't understand how the website fully works yet. It'll go on the yeah. show post. I'll yeah. give you the link for um the book too for Amazon as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a it, I don't particularly read that much. And I'm also flat ass broke. So I have not read your book. Uh, but my my I was telling my wife about it and she's she's gonna buy it. Um, awesome. there's another book. I guess she suffers. From anxiety as well yeah I, I i'm starting to realize that what i had was anxiety but it would just turn into like violent rage like i would just get angry and yeah rash yeah. lash out at everybody and that's how i handled it and i realized that i kind of follow my mom in that way like that's how my mom would start screaming when the phone rang okay <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even know who was on it yet she, yeah no i'm talking about like i you know you're still old enough to remember house phones being cored to the wall. Yeah. Um, and it, the, the phone would go off and she would just start screaming just cause from the noise. Like that she was, she's always on this heightened state of, of alert. And, uh, you know, I, uh, she's 87. So I just change it her now. Yeah, it's a, it's crazy, man. I have, um, like people hitting me up about the book, like some people that I went to high school with that, like I wasn't even friends with, um, and they're saying like that they really love the book. And um, I have a couple of teachers from like grade school and high school who like followed like my comedy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. 
Um, so like, it, it's crazy. People are reaching out like that. They are like, I've been getting a lot of support and it's like, so greatly appreciated. It's, it's awesome. And, uh, this week, like people keep sending me pictures that they got the book and everything. So it, it, everything's going really good so far with it. Um, so I'm really excited and uh, it hasn't, even, it hasn't even been out a week yet. So my, uh, my main goal is to get on the Amazon bestsellers list. Uh, so that's the goal that I set out going into it. So, uh, I'll get there some, uh, sometime soon, hopefully. Yeah. Well, let's, well, let's we'll get the decimals of, of media virus fans to, uh, to try to help that happen. I and mean, we, we got at least three in us. I guarantee. Wait. Yeah. About three. Even do the work. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for coming on and telling us all about that, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, no problem. We're going to take a break uh, like we did last time. Turn the, We're going to turn and shift gears a little bit. Dude, we're having a great time. If you want to hang out, please hang out with us. But if you feel like you got to go, it's 10 o'clock. I can't ask you for any more time unless you really want to sit here. You know, it's, it's really up to you. Um, but uh, you can check out the C Block tomorrow on Sunday. Um, and uh, Mike's got probably better way to do this I just start well talking. i always mention that uh we we drop a on friday b on saturday c on sunday uh, and that's the audio portion of the show if you haven't listened on wednesday night live when we record you can give us a call at 1646 virus 01 that's 1646 virus 01 check us out at the mediavirus.com for all of your media virus content including the uh the the new uh lists of of tracks that were were mentioned on the show so we'll be sharing some of Maddie's uh curated musical picks out there you'll get a Spotify link in the post um and we'll be back with our C block which will include episode 51 of Just the Tips and a a, a stroll around to Maddie's TikTok nonsense corner and we'll be back right after this Here's the thing about the Media Virus Podcast. Mike's oh, voice is always the first thing heard. And we wait for Mike to stop talking. I'm the host now. Here's the thing about the Media Virus Podcast. Mike's oh, voice. Mike's oh, voice. And we wait for Mike to stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop. Stop. Here's the thing about the Media Virus Podcast. Stop talking. I'm the host now. The Media Virus Podcast. Starring Matty Rockdev. All right. It's my favorite one. I do like that one. The <laughs> idea was like an asshole. Well, yeah. Well, the, I, the, the way that it came together when I was putting that one together was I imagined you sitting at the, at the editing bay and you're, you're, you're running, you're rolling through the tape and you've got this idea of you're going to explain how it goes. And then yeah. you, you just start cutting parts out until it says, here's the thing about the media virus podcast. Stop talking. I'm the host now. Those were the only things that that really resonated with you. That's right.